Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. This is Friday, the 23rd day of September in the year of our Lord 2022. I will be talking about those who run the world, or at least front for those who run it, with a special emphasis on war, in particular the war in Ukraine. I know what you must be thinking. What would make Daryl refer to world leaders, even elected ones, as lunatics? How dare he make such a claim or say such a distasteful thing. Well, I make that statement because I'm trying to be kind and respectful to the world's leaders. I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt for their actions because the alternative of lunatic would be homicidal maniac, and I sure would not want to put that label on anyone without evidence. So to give them the benefit of the doubt, I conclude they're simply crazy, mad as a hatter, wild as a March hare to avoid the possibility that they are talking, taking mankind to the brink of destruction on purpose. Let's look at some of the evidence I can offer to support my conclusions. The President of the United States does not want the war in Ukraine to end. He, in fact, wants it to get worse, to destroy more lives, more property, the taxes of more Americans. The administration has committed weapons to the conflict that, according to the Wall Street Journal, will not be ready for shipment for three years. Number two, the president plans to name the U.S. assistance to Ukraine as a separate, distinctive military command with its own general. This from the Wall Street Journal. Quote, the naming of the operation formally recognizes the U.S. effort within the military, akin to how the Pentagon dubbed the missions in Iraq and Afghanistan as Operation Iraqi Freedom, Operation Enduring Freedom, Operation Freedom Sentinel. The naming of the training and assistance is significant bureaucratically as it typically entails long-term dedicated funding and the possibility of special pay, ribbons, and awards for service members participating in the effort. The selection of a general expected to be a two- or three-star reflects the creation of a command responsible to coordinate the effort, a shift from the largely ad hoc effort to provide training and assistance to the Ukrainians for years, end quote. With respect to the Wall Street Journal, thanks to it for reporting this madness. To me, it says that the United States, i.e. the Biden administration, is at war with Russia and plans to be for the foreseeable future. The new command is not a plan for bringing the war to a swift conclusion, nor is it a plan that includes any effort at diplomacy. It is a plan, as Secretary of Defense Austin once said, to weaken Russia it will weaken Russia in the short run, but I submit it will also weaken the United States by bleeding the taxpayers in by constant threat of kinetic war. It will weaken the U.S. morale and U.S. economy, which is already obvious. The U.S. Congress should at the very least be permitted to weigh in when the U.S. is committing itself to a long war on behalf of others, a war in which the U.S. has little or no strategic interest. So the U.S. proxy war in Ukraine will now feature a catchy name. Since the U.S. controls the narrative, it will be all Ukraine all the time in the news right now. The news about the war is all about the new Ukrainian advance in the eastern provinces. In one area, they advanced to within two miles of the Russian border. YouTube is filled with videos of Ukrainian soldiers using the latest, most high-tech weapons supplied to them by the United States to destroy Russian armor and other land vehicles as well as helicopters. The Javelin man portable or man pads has made life unlivable for Russian tanks and the roads are littered with their burned out shells. 
Russian helicopters with a troop transporter attack are extremely vulnerable to a Stinger missile, again, operated by a single soldier on the ground. Does this mean that the Russians are losing the war? Yes, it does at this point. It appears to do so. Does it mean that Russia will ultimately lose the war, retreat back to Russia and beg for peace? No, I don't think so. Why? I don't think so. Involves a proud man named Vladimir Putin and 6,000 nuclear weapons, including a large stockpile of tactical weapons. I do, however, think that it has exposed the Russian army for what it is and is not. It appears to be no match for the technologically far superior high-tech weapons supplied by the U.S., Tactical nukes are weapons designed to obtain an instant advantage on the battlefield. They are not the city destroyers of Hiroshima fame. <clears throat> and they're not the world destroyers that both nations have in their arsenals. If Russia deployed a tactical nuclear weapon, would the U.S. respond in kind? Biden has said he would, but who knows if his words mean anything anymore. When he speaks, whether in an interview, off the cuff, or in a prepared speech, he says some dangerous outlandish thing, and the White House staff immediately starts walking back what he said, telling us what he really meant. He said the U.S. would defend Taiwan from a Chinese attack with U.S. soldiers, sailors, and Marines' lives. No, the White House said that's not what he meant. He said the COVID pandemic is over. No, the CDC, FDA, and the White House staff said that's not what he meant. So when he speaks... His words always raise more questions and give few answers. What do his words mean? If the answer is nothing, then whose words do matter? Who is running this country? Who is making life and death decisions for the American people? If the answer is not the president, then something's really wrong in our democracy. We, the people, should demand answers to these questions. One thing seems certain in the U.S. war against Russia. That is that Russia is out of troops that leaves Putin on the horns of a dilemma. He can't hold the positions the Russians gained during the early days of the war. With what he has committed thus far, he has no more available people to fill the ranks. His choices are then accepting defeat, which would probably mean he would be deposed. Announce a mobilization of Russian reserves, go nuclear, or some combination. He announced in his speech a couple of days ago what he called limited mobilization. That was described as 300,000 reserves from ex-military still available for active service. No conscripts or general mobilization was announced. He also alluded to the use of nuclear weapons by saying that he wasn't bluffing, that he would use whatever he had available to defend Russia. That seems reasonable to me, even admirable, from the standpoint of defending his own people. I admire one thing about Putin. That is, he seems to care about Russia, and he appears to act in the best interests of Russia as he sees it. That is the opposite of what American leadership appears to be doing. I keep trying to tell everyone, anyone who will listen, that nuclear-armed nations do not lose wars with missiles still in their silos. There is none so blind as he who will not see, and right now that appears to describe American leadership. Do they want nuclear war? Apparently so, or maybe they really are just bloodthirsty lunatics. The administration says it takes Putin's comments, which it calls threats, seriously. But we will see if that converts to action. Putin's warning that he is prepared to use any means necessary to protect Russia's territorial integrity was described as reckless. To me, it seems like a perfectly reasonable thing to say. It's what the leader of a nuclear-armed nation should say. It may come as a surprise to you, however, to learn. There are people in very high places 
who are dumber than Joe Biden. Take the Secretary General of NATO, for example, Mr. John Stoltenberg. He told Moscow, very clearly according to Reuters, that Russia cannot win a nuclear war and that NATO has been amassing troops on its eastern border, quote, to remove any room for miscalculation or misunderstanding, end quote. This is dangerous, reckless nuclear re uh, rhetoric. He went on to say, well, yes, Mr. Secretary, indeed it is. But when asked what NATO would do in the event Russia used nuclear weapons, he responded with, quote, that depends on the circumstances, end quote. He reiterated again that communications made it clear to Moscow that Moscow could not win a nuclear war. Well, here's a tip for you, Mr. Stoltenberg, you're apparently unfamiliar with, but nuclear war has no winner, only losers. People like you sit in your walnut panel conference rooms and discuss civilization-destroying events as if they were just water-cooler conversation. Nuclear-armed nations should conduct their affairs through diplomacy because they both know that the opposite of diplomacy is war, and that is unthinkable in today's world, however. It's not unthinkable because the world is run by lunatics who have some agenda of destruction in mind or else they're completely insane. The administration seems intent on continuing <clears throat> the project for a new American century, building a unipolar world. The world is now populated with nuclear weapons with more and more nations scrambling to acquire them. That is what happens when you are the big kid or the bully. People scramble to join other bullies to oppose you, or they get bigger and they get stronger. The world progressively becomes more and more dangerous. There is never any talk of standing down or saying no to more and more weapons, which leaves us constantly in danger, constantly in fear. Russia's defense against the West, besides its nuclear arsenal, is its access to cheap energy, in particular natural gas. Cutting off natural gas to Europe does a lot more than give Europe a long, cold winter because the European economy is grinding down as a result. Factories are closing, as are restaurants and other small businesses, because there is no power. The other weapon is fertilizer, which is made partially with natural gas. Farmers across Europe are failing to produce enough food for the population because they lack of fertilizer to grow food. Those who should care should see that condition as an emergency apparently do not. Their response is rationing, austerity, and a shutdown of their economies. Ukraine is unfortunately not the only place the U.S. is actively engaged right now. The U.S. has conducted many airstrikes in recent months in the nation of Somalia, which, if you do not know that, is in Africa. The Biden administration supposedly pulled all U.S. forces out of Somalia, but now we know that either was not true or the U.S. forces have re-engaged. Airstrikes kill people on the ground. As they are designed to do, that tends to upset the civilian population when that nation is one like the poverty-stricken, voiceless people of Somalia. The people are never heard from. They have no options except immigration to the U.S. Leadership here in the U.S. Seems cold, unfeeling, without regard for the people the leadership is supposedly elected to serve. The leadership seems unconcerned about foreign enemies, except the designated one, Russia. It is far more concerned with political opponents, which it chooses to label domestic enemies to divide us for the purpose of gaining more power over us. At least that's the way it seems to me. Finally, folks, as I said, I call them lunatics as a compliment because the alternative is even worse. 
The alternative is that they are doing these things while fully competent, mentally able to function rationally. That would make them homicidal maniacs, so I hope they are only lunatics. There will be no podcast next week, as my dear wife will not be available to assist me, and I can't do it without her, God willing. I will talk to you again on Friday, October 5th. Until then, folks, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.